Rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. Praise you. You glorified, Father. Hallelujah. Be glorified in our heart, in our mind, our soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. enemies be scattered and let the righteous be glad oh let them all rejoice with gladness let us drag on
Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. We're here because we want to hear your words of truth, change our minds to be conformed to your image. We do bless you for all things. We know that you chose us as a people not because we're some great nation or, or we're special people in the eyes of this world, but you chose us to exalt your holy name, to bring glory to you, how that God can take the dust of the earth and have somebody to stand for him and to love him and keep his commandments in this world that we're living in. We thank you for redeeming us by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for writing our names down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we can only hope that we can live up to the expectations that you have for us as the people of God. Have mercy and continue to be merciful to us as your people. We we'll glorify and honor your holy name in all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. We, um...
have, uh, especially in this generation that we live in, a very peculiar, peculiar um, type of a ministry. Our ministry is really nothing new. It's the old paths or the old ways. It's new to a lot of people because the old paths and the old ways have diminished and gone from the minds of people today. To where now that the things that were of old, which was once considered to be holy, the right way, the right path and truth, has become a perversion, something that people abhor and despise because they call us old-fashioned. God loves you just as much as he loves me, they say. God's no respect of persons, and well, yet and still when we read the book, the book, God is going to respect very few people more than others. It's not strange the things that we teach and in our we teach in. It's just strange to the minds because holiness has diminished throughout the annuals of time. I try often over and over again to bring us in the remembrance of God's words. How did he told us to not learn the ways of the heathen? And how that he had told us that he chose us to be a great nation, not because we were the biggest nation. Jesus said himself that you have not chosen me but I've chosen you. So for someone to actually give up themselves, turn themselves in, because that is what we must do. We have to give up ourselves. And we have to turn ourselves in for the criminals that we really were. We're enemies to the cross of Christ. We're enemies of God. We were. When you realize that now we're no longer enemies, but we've been reconciled by the blood of Jesus Christ, it, it should bring about a thanksgiveness. As I look back at my little small pathetic life, I often think of the days that have gone by wasted that I can't never get back without being a child of the king. It doesn't depress me because I, then I look at the opportunity that is set before me today. Because to have his honor, his approval, and his glory means more than anything in the universe. 
and then to take a vile piece of dirt and trash such as I and, and then give him a name. And then give me a right to be called the Son of God. It's a great honor. It's a, a great privilege to be clothed and in my right mind. So I try with vigor and with the same determination and diligence as I go about and set about to do anything in my life, I try to make sure I run this race with the same passion and the same diligence. Because we only get one chance to run this race. There's not going to be a restart. It's not going to be a, an ambulance to pick you up if you pass out on the side of the road. But we're in this race to finish. We're going to do a lot of reading of the covenant. We won't be long today for sure. But before we read the covenant, I want to show and express some biases that we have in our hearts. You see, the word appertaineth, which we read a lot and we hear a lot in the word, means the things that pertain. That means those that pertain to you and those that are near to you and those that are dear to you. And if you notice how critical we are of other people when we make judgments, but yet we don't hold to the same standard of being critical or criticizing what we call our own. We don't. That's the reason why everybody can't be an elder. Everybody surely can't be a pastor. Because it's tough. But if something that pertains to us sins, we expect everybody to have all the mercy, the compassion, and the understanding. But yet, when somebody else sins that doesn't pertain to you, we're so critical. And we're not, we're not balanced in that area. We seem to have a lot of toleration to iniquities and transgressions and sins when they have to do with our own family. When it's somebody else's family, we have everything and every suggestion and opinion in the world to offer. We even have solutions. But yet we don't have that same opinion. And those same solutions. And those same suggestions when it pertains to our own. You see the reason why many cannot be a judge in Israel? Do you see it? Because we grade on a curve.
Yes, sir. We'll denounce the sins of others, but when it comes to our own, they seem to get a pass. Or either the elders just don't understand. They're kind of cruel and harsh towards mine. And yet we see Job's family, Eli's sons. Examples spelled out before us in the scripture how that you can be that way if you want to. But God's not going to be that way. And Eli's sons no doubt went to the belly of hell. Just like Job's children did. And the reason why they sons and their daughters went to hell is because they failed to give them a warning. They failed to warn them of the wicked way. And if you continue in this way, you will go the way of all unregenerated men. And the prophet Isaiah said that this place called hell had to enlarge in herself. It had to. It's hard for us to believe that hell only had a certain capacity. When you read about the words enlarge, it means overfill. To expand beyond the measure intended for. Somehow that's everybody else's family and everybody else's children, and, but it's not ours. That's why the mind must be changed. Because wherever your mind is, that's where your treasure is. And when you mind the ways of your, what you call your own, more than God. You ask this. Or ask God for this little moment. Space of time. That you are allowed to be God. Time is going to come. That your Godship is going to cease. Amen. Then what shall be. Of the things that pertain to you. This is the reason why man must humble himself. I've been talking lately about who art thou that judges another? You judge another, and yet in your own judgment, you condemn yourself. And the reason why we don't see our own judgment because when others are before our eyes, it seems that we have so much clarity and so much understanding when they are falling short. And yet and still we do the same thing. Now it may not be in the same exact area, but when you look at it, it is the exact same thing. God says you do that, you condemn yourself. For instance, the scripture says, you say that a, a man should not commit adultery. And Jesus says, um, have you ever looked on a woman and lusted in her, with her in your heart? Have you ever looked on a man? 
See, our judgment has a funny way of coming back and revisiting us. You know what I mean? It really does. We've got to see ourselves as the way God sees us. You understand what I'm saying? We'll say a person shouldn't do this and a person shouldn't do that. And yet you look real close, real close. The thing that you are most critical of, you doing the same thing. The very thing you despise in others, you don't hate in yourself. This is the way God sees. And we're critical of others when we should actually be more critical of ourselves. That's why I said we got a little small space of time where we're going to pretend we are God. Then after that comes the judgment. I have to talk about it. You know, I, I preach hard against sin. Why? Because sin will ruin us. See, some people think that, well, that's their sin. No, when we are a body, it only takes one sin. One sinner. To destroy everything that God has built is good. That's all it takes. It's just one. Now, people say, well, I don't see that. That's because... In the world, they don't have things that reflect on their corruption. There's nothing out there that condemns of sin. There's nothing that convicts. Every man does that which is right in his own eyes. That's the reason why they continue to keep doing it. But God says there's a law called sowing and reaping. The word says that if you sow to the flesh, what will you do? You will reap what? Corruption. And so it doesn't take someone of such an extreme analytical mind to figure out that, especially if you know his word. Then when you look out around about you, you can see the people that are sowing and have sown and continue to sow. To their flesh, they are of that same nature of sowing. They're reaping the benefits. Well, they don't call them benefits, yet and still. Yet and still, they're reaping the benefits of that corruption. Because if that word wasn't true, and if people could sow to the flesh, and not of the flesh reap corruption, then God is a damn liar. And that's one thing that God cannot do. And that is lie. And that's why we see death, destruction, diseases, misery all around us. Even our own minds have a hard time with coming in line with God's word and God's way. We have not understood that the reason why we have such resistance to God's word is because of the impact of this world upon our minds. Because the word says to be a friend of this world is an enemy with God. And how do you be a friend of this world when you think like this world? When you act like this world? 
when you look like this world, when you talk like this world, when you dress like this world, all the fa everything that has to do with this world, that which is highly esteemed amongst men. You know, you just check, do a survey for what is highly esteemed amongst men. It's not hard. All you have to do is just look at men. And that which is highly esteemed, highly esteemed amongst men. The Bible says that it is an abomination in the sight of God. Hmm? So we'll defend the wicked. And we won't defend the righteous. I sit and watch it all the time. I talk about the abomination of homosexuality and faggot and watch how people in their spirit quickly runs to their protection and approval and sanctions. And yet still nobody's defending the righteousness of God. I'll talk about your family. Now all of a sudden a man that used to be once called a man of wisdom, all of a sudden now he has no understanding. His perfect understanding when I'm talking about somebody else, but when it comes to you, oh, now all of a sudden I don't understand. That's why I teach my own family. See, I can't teach my own family too, too much now, especially my children, because they are of age that their own lives and the only reflection of their lives in itself, they are going to have to get themselves to the king. They can't hold on daddy's protection no more because they're not under my protection any longer. They have to know God like I know him. And have to know him even in greater measure than that. But I teach them that whatever you do, wherever you go, as long as I'm still alive, you are a direct reflection of me. Does not God bestow that same honor upon us? No matter where we go in this earth, are we not a direct reflection of him? Are we not, brothers and sisters? Hmm? So when the scripture says you are no longer your own, God means that. So that means I can't walk around town in shorts with no shirt on. Allowing every lustful Jezebel and every faggot man out there in the world nowadays. It's a shame to even have to put that in there. To lust after flesh. Because God taught Israel different. We don't have the right to walk after Gentiles. Not when he chose us. We just don't. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not sorry for you, though. So there must be a change. You can't think the way that this world thinks and be a child of the king. You have to hate what God hates. And you have to love what he loves. Because it's an honor in this wicked and perverse generation to have the name Son of God to be bestowed upon you. 
Some people take it lightly. I was talking to the brothers earlier this week and I said, I said, let me tell you how you know and how you can see. Now this is without any words. I would give you words for understanding, but you have to use discernment to understand this language. You can always tell those who have had their rear ends beaten when they were children that they just carry a different nature. It, it follows them into adulthood. They carry a different discipline about themselves. When they hear correction, it goes to the heart of the matter. They don't say I'm grown and I can do what I want now. There's something about chastening in the youthful stages that carries over. You can tell those who who rebellious because they were kicking rebel at everything. And you, you can't say that they can't help it because they can't help it. It's just that when you have not had chastening as a young child, you carry that same rebellion over into adulthood and therefore it's hard for you to know what it means to receive chastening. Why do you think God is having such a hard time even chastising his own children? It's not that he's not chastening. It's that the chastisement is not being received. Because he's still going to whoop us. So you'll have a child that, that their mother and their father, their father will just bring the woodshed. The whole 9, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 yards. And you'll see a different nature in them when it comes to correction as those who have had mild reproof growing up. I even sat and watched it while I was in the military. I said, you could tell the ones that was just rebellious soldiers, just rebellious boys. Just. And you could tell the ones, you know, the ones that always had the discipline was the ones that always excel. The ones rebellious boy, they had ideals. They had ways they were going to do it. And when they got finished, all they had left was murmuring and complaining. Yes, sir. You can even tell, um, even in reflection of our own lives, we, we hear what people say about working. Amen. Oh, yeah, you do. But we actually see who, who are the real workers. Don't we? See, these, these, all these things are things that we need to pay attention to. And you know the reason why we need to pay attention to them? Because we don't pay attention to them. I mean, I, I take my own children and I sit and watch them in, in the stage of their life right now. I understand perfectly what they're going through. I understand everything, the challenges and everything and and I see them, you know, falling short in others, overcoming others, but they have that balance there where, where it seems like, okay, I'll get this set back, get it set back, but then I'm back again. In other words, they, they're learning how to rebound. Because when you're a child, you're usually protected from the temptations of life because of the parents. But then when you get older, you're going to find out what's in you. You are. The parents are not going to bear the iniquities of the children. 
No, they're not either. And it's usually those bought lessons that is the greatest teacher. That's why I try to teach our, our young women around here. Huh. And boy, I have to see, I see this nature too. That's why I don't avoid anything. See, all before in the ways that you use to so-called, quote-unquote, get the attention of a man, it don't work. Because if it worked, you still have that man. <laughs> Look at him looking at me. So there's ways we've learned as heathens to what we call attractions in order to have relationships. And we have not learned that you can't bring that old way over into this way. If you want to know I'll be a woman of God, read the book. It says very few women today is trying to be like Hannah, Deborah, Ruth, Miriam. Now, you can find an untold amount of people who's trying to be like Jezebel. Come on. Zipporah. Uh, amen. Hmm? the king's wife who decided she wasn't going to come when he called. And that seems to be the nature that the women have to deal with the most. See, we got two extremes to learn from. Which one are you trying to be like? See what I'm talking about? Very few men trying to be like David, Moses, Joseph. Jesus, Paul. But Eli's sons, Job's sons, we have not a shortage of them. See, the scriptures does give us and paint that picture of two extremes, doesn't it? And this is the one thing that preaching does. It brings the reflection of the word right in front of our eyes so that no man can escape. How many times you wives have come to assembly and look like you're submissive, but by the time you get home, it's another story. Or you men look like you're strong, and then by the time you get home, you're weak. Impotent. That's because nobody knows their place. See, even in marriage itself, it, it, it's, it's actually a, a dual union there. But there's a structure that is set up. But God doesn't love one more than the other. What he does love is his ways. I mean, what's usually in women? If things don't run the way that they think it should. What's the first thing take place? Any women going to volunteer? I don't volunteer. I'll tell you what takes place. You start making provisions what you believe to be the way. So that you don't suffer any loss. So that family seems like it's protected. And you know it ain't working. You know the reason why? Because it carries for a short period of time. Next time another trial comes, same thing happens again. A lot of times it's just better to suffer loss and learn from that experience if you can't get your messages across any other way. 
a lot of times it's bet it's better to let the whole household be burned to the ground and let the man be responsible for his inconsistencies so that he can finally see. But what did Job's wife do? One that loved him, she ended up cursing him, telling him, you cursed God, that was her advice. Because she was more interested in her earthly possessions. See, when we really look at it, there ain't too many people willing to do what it takes to get to God. How many of you women are really ready to suffer loss for Christ? Can you suffer loss for Christ? I remember Peter said to Jesus, though all men forsake you, I ain't going to do it. First one. Now he didn't live on Skid Row either now. He come back with a bang to be in the, to show men how to be the example. Because when Jesus said, Peter, you are the rock. I'm the rock. And on this foundation right here, I'm going to build the whole entire church. In other words, you're going to be, I'm the chief cornerstone, don't you forget that. I'm the foundation. But you're going to be the one I'm going to use to teach all my people who's volunteering for that position today all these questions and ways I'm presenting for us today they're really not hard the answer is already there not my will but thy will be done so what is the hesitation for actually answering my will That's the only thing that keeps you from doing the Father's will. Do you know you have a will? Pretty strong, isn't it? Now what's your excuse since you know you have a will? I was walking around the house this morning. I said, I ain't got nothing from the Lord. Then right at the last second, last few minutes, I go, oh boy, here it comes. Hmm? So far, we ain't been too excited, though, have we? You know the reason why? Because, see, around here, normally, you ain't never been in them church services where you, you hear people preaching and then everybody's looking around to the person they're preaching about or who they could be preaching about. Everybody feel holy then, don't they? See, around here, it's very little of this. Very little of that mess. We need to start questioning our nature, though, when we defend the wicked and oppose the righteous. Though. We really, truly do. There's something wrong. I'm not telling us anything that's not already in the book. Hmm? I was talking to Brother Austin this morning because he calls me about every Sabbath morning. How you doing, Pastor? I'm blessed, son. What do you want? I got a question. No, you got to be kidding me. 
It doesn't trouble me that he calls that cousin because he, he, he's looking for an answer. He's not looking for a wrong answer. Because he's looking for a wrong answer, he can go get advice from somebody else. But he wants to know the truth. He'll come to me. If I'm not around him, brother Doug. He calls too, don't he, brother Doug? Young man. Well, with all Shalom and young man cleanse his ways. How can he do it? By taking heed. To what? To the word of God. It's the only way a young man can be clean. It's the only way a young man can be clean. He can't be clean any other way. It must come through the washing of the water of the word. I'll tell you what I like in this generation too. Hmm? I liken this generation to a man or woman that stinks. Natural stinky. Natural funk. Rather than taking a bath, they'll go bathe themselves and soak themselves in some type of perfumes. To cover up such a vile, detestable odor. And then they go bring that cheese and smiley face right in front of you. And that stench that comes from that is worse than just the body odor by itself. That's what this generation does. It's trying to make everybody think that it's, it's, it's clean when it's really dirty. They're trying to cover up all of their wicked ways and their iniquity and their sins by perfumes, sweet smelling scents and odors, rather than taking a bath in the word of God. I've been places and talk like this and watch people just get up and walk right out the door. Now, of course, I would give them something to go with, too. I don't want to let anybody leave empty-handed. No, you give them something to go on now. Because there's one thing the Bible says. You better be sure that your sins are going to do what? Oh, they're going to find you out now. Make some difference whether you hear them here or later. They will find you out. So I'll give them words to go. Sure would, too. Give them plenty of words. But if you don't change your mind, you can't be like your God. Y'all hear me? You don't change your mind. You can't be like your God. I said, look at little Anna back there and I see Sky and little Maisie who likes to fight boys. Sit and watch these little daughters of Zion around here. And, and the first thing come to my mind is, is what man's going to be worthy? Why? Because all that I have influence on, I'm trying my best to make sure that these young daughters, and then when Israel and Lil Elias and them, and you think about these young boys, I don't want them walking the ways that I walked. Is anybody got that same feeling and understanding. Does anybody believe that same way? I, I don't want them to experience 
I have to go out and experience wickedness in order to understand. I just want them just to believe the report. I want them to stay at peace. Keep their mind on Jesus. Let the Lord be your defense. Hmm? You don't need to go out and experience sin like the prodigal son did. Because, boy, in order for some man or anybody to, to marry anyone, our daughter's designed, and I hope y'all are around me, they're going to have something to get past. They may be able to get past pop. May. No, I said may. But they're going to get past me. Because I discern intense. Is that what God says? God don't see as man sees. So since God don't see his man see, then how should we be looking then? Man looks on the what? What's the first thing that attract you about somebody? You don't know nothing about their heart. huh? Even though I can, I can tell you about their heart all day long. If they don't fear God. If they don't keep his commandments. You get them the hell away from you. Because as sure as day as the record is true, they're going to draw your heart away from God. That's right. They will draw your heart. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can believe that. They will do it. So before some men get our daughters designed, when they become young women, they're going to have a tall order. Very tall order. And we keep putting these knuckles upside these boys' heads. And teach them so they'll know how to behave with a wife. And you don't go out there and choose no wife of the heathens. You go out there and choose a wife of the heathens. Don't, don't ever look at me again. Stay the hell away from me. Do I make that clear with everybody? How long have I been talking like this? Just today? Years. Somebody said, well, they ain't. Too much pickings around here. That's the same thing that, that Samson said. Got his eyes put out. Got his eyes put out. Isn't it amazing how the flesh don't want nothing holy? Till we look on the outside, don't we? God looks on the heart. I will tell you wisdom, though. You get married to someone who's in the covenant. You'll have a life of peace that you. Amen. So true. Yeah, big time. I was talking to Brother Austin this morning. I said, um, I said, what's going on with you and Allison? What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you and. says, well, who chased who? Don't always ask that question. He said, well, she chased me first. Is that right? No, that's not true. Now we got a conflict of interest here, don't we? Now you know what I'm going to do now, don't you? What am I going to do, Brother Doug? Get them both together. Get them both together. 
Y'all think I'm kidding? I'm going to get them both together. And I'm going to find out from this point who was lying. And I'm going to deal with it. He says, but, but he says, but, but, but I pursued too. And I said, well, who did it first? She did. Who pursued first? He did. Now we are at a crossroads. Hmm? He said, Pastor, I pretty much wiped the whole situation out of my mind and just put it way on the back shelf because I just took your advice. You know, I need to get closer to God and get to know Jesus first. I said, that's good, son. I said, Allison ain't no different than any other woman out here. The only difference is she's carrying around her sin. All the rest of them, they've done the same things, brother. But if you're going to love her, you have to love the baby the same way. Ain't the baby's fault. And I said, but you'd be better off, son, with her because she fears your God, believes the same way you do, than the fool with one of them horse women out there. You'd be starting off the right way then, wouldn't you? So I'm just fishing around right now because you definitely, but you still need to keep it out of your mind. Look at him looking at me. Hmm? And we all done the American way. See, I didn't, I didn't choose them. Did I? They don't even know. Look at them. Y'all come asking me, didn't you? What? Y'all come asking me, didn't you? You see? Man, that's the way it should be done. Neither one of them can go to their daddies because their daddies ain't Israel. So they have to go to the next daddy. Man of God. They can't go there. Their daddies ain't thinking about God. They don't need to consult with mama because it's none of mama business. Look at them looking. Hmm? And I say, we'll let you know. That make sure your heart right first. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Now, like I said, they'll probably get married for all any of y'all do. Oh, no, I can't believe that. I, I, whatever. If I give you a clearance, it'll be right, though. Which one you like most, brother Doug? You like Ash or the tractor? You, you think she need to be dealing with that? Ashley, which one, brother Doug, like most, the tractor or you? That's called recovery. 
damage control. Why y'all think I ask stuff like this? Because I'm, I'm trying to get, be funny with everybody? Huh? Ashley, so Carol and I got to go on a road trip for about a week. You want to come with us? Or you want to stay here, brother? Take. <laughs> Look at him looking. Oh, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. I just got to finish proving it. Look at him looking at me. At least they've been honest. <laughs> but see, that's going the time, there will be a time. Don't know when that'll be. When when all these little things, pew, is it a turn? And it's just like a piece of fruit. Now it's ready, it's ripe. Ready for the picking. Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Now, I believe that both of them, you know, love each other. They really do. But there's still something there. Is that right? Yes, sir. You're just saying that because I'm putting you on the spot, ain't you? No. <laughs> uh, is that right, Sister Ashley? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Well, if you watch them. <laughs> Dad, Ashley, Dad, Ashley, Dad. See, I can use this as an example to try to teach all of us. Because I will tell you the truth. I wish I had the opportunity that a lot of these people, these, these people have. I wish I had somebody to be able to discern and look over me and say, not yet. At least I, at least I would have a feeling that somebody cared. Because now we go, you don't know my heart. Then you won't get upset then, would you? I mean, if your heart right, you won't get upset then, would you? It makes no difference. Look at him looking. I got you, don't I? Look at him looking. Got you, don't I? See, we learn love is whatever feeling we put involved with it. No, love is a covenant relationship. Love ain't because you look at somebody and say, oh, I like you, I love you, I like you, I like you. No, it ain't either. It's a promise. It's a covenant relationship. You go for the best looking one, you're going to end up with the worst one. You don't believe me? Ask Sister Carol. She wasn't the best looking man in the world, me. End up with the worst boy, just a, a heartache. At least she thought I was the best looking one. Make no difference what you think. I mean, I know beauty's only skin deep, ugly to the bone, but when she saw me, she, she saw the epitome. Because she sure didn't resist either. She's all smooches and green. So God made our eyes for me. 
Isn't that right? Yes, sir. What about you? That's why I went over to see you. You ain't got to ask my question. I'll put over to see you. Look at him looking at me. I didn't say, I didn't say I had to look like the best looking man to you. I ain't married to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Bradley <laughs> brought one. Boy, he's wrong. Boy, Pat, you sure ain't got nothing to talk about, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm getting started here. I just said, hit it. I'm getting started here. But if we're not raised the right way and taught the right way, it'll be a mess. That's why some of us who have a chance, you know what I mean, to get this thing right and do it right, it's better to go that route. So you want to deal with all this little mess. It's just, I'm telling you, I wish we had somebody to be an example before, with, before our eyes. So we could be a great nation. Hallelujah. A holy nation. Am I, am I the best looking man in the world, Carol? See, to her I am. And somebody else go, boy, she is blind. And I know she may got deliverance in her eyesight from that spirit and cast it, but she better go get them things rechecked again. She needs some bifocals. She best looking woman to me. No, why? Cause I ain't looking at nobody else. Well, I want to go look at somebody else for. I haven't seen everybody else. You ain't seen everybody seen enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, right, Diane. Brother Doug, best looking man in the world, isn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah, right, Sister Cindy. Brother Ed, best looking man in the world, ain't he? Yes, sir. Hmm? Isn't that right? Isn't that right, Mama Dow? That Dow know he the best looking man in the world, don't he? <laughs> Isn't that right, Tomoko? Brother Rich know it, don't he? <laughs> Brother Rich know it, don't he? You hear that? Look, look at him. He know it. He know it. I'm not going to ask some sisters there. Because they'll bust his bubble. <laughs> I ain't going to ask. But you don't need a best looking one. You need a right one. You need one that fears God. That's going to keep his commandments. That's what you need. So he can add long life and days and peace. Praise the Lord. Isn't that right? But we just, I'm telling you, people despise these ways, though. Let's go to Jeremiah 31, 31. People do despise these ways. They shouldn't do it, though. Now, I told Brother Austin this morning, I said, that, that young lady, she, she, she's, she's doing everything she can to be holy. Boy, tell them, Sister Tiffany, boy, they, they really don't want to come up here in the summertime and spend a work week with us, though, do they? Yeah, they do. We work, don't we? Are you sure we don't sit around, drink Kool-Aid, and talk about Bible all day long? <laughs> oh, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear you the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come and say of the Lord. Now notice, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh. All right? When I will make a new covenant. Now notice, are y'all listening to this? He's going to make a what? A what covenant? A new covenant. Now watch this. Let's just see if the covenant has changed. See, because I know what he's talking about when he says a new covenant. But we've been hearing about covenant so much that in our time frame, people think that he's going to change the commandments. He's going to change his laws. That ain't what he said. No, he ain't. With the house of, who's this covenant going to be with? The house of Israel and the house of who? Judah. Remember, we talked about the northern tribes and the southern tribes, didn't we? Remember, they got divided, did they not? Did they not get divided? They got divided under Solomon, is that right? Because he cut a fool, didn't he? What was Solomon's problem? He went after other gods. Had relationships with who? Strange women. My God of mercy. Thank God ain't no strange women in here then. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Marty Carey, the best looking man in the world, ain't he? You thought I was going to escape that. You thought you was going to escape it, didn't you? And you better have said that too. What are you looking at? Marty looks like Angelia Jolia, don't she? Better. Look at him. Everybody thought I was going to, they thought they were going to escape, didn't they? Save just for the right time. Praise the Lord. The covenant is with Israel and with is with the Christians and the Protestants. The Catholics and the Baptists. The Methodists and Apostolics. The Pentecostals and the Seventh-day Adventists. It didn't say that, did it? So where did this new covenant that we so-called have today, how did it come in play? How? He said he's going to make, a, now notice, if he's talking about a new covenant, it means he's already had an old one. He did not change the covenant with the people. Look at him, look at it. Uh-oh. See, people think when he said he's going to graft the Gentiles in, he, they weren't going to stay Gentiles. That's our problem today. When we get saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, we want to still remain and do out the similitude of the Gentiles. God didn't bring you out of that covenant so you can remain a heathen. He brought all of us out of that covenant so we can remain, so we can be righteous, we can be the Israel of God. He changing his household, Israel, Judah, and heathens. He following the same pattern of old. If you was not Israel, you accepted a covenant. If you was a man, get circumcised, you're Israel. Look at him looking. I'm sorry, folks, but I know many of you may not may don't know this, but we live in a time where they actually there's a there's a doctrine out there called replacement theology. They actually really truly believe that the Christians has replaced Israel. Y'all think I'm kidding, but they, you can't even go out there in one of these bookstores and I see thousands of books on it. And they use that angle. 
to do their ways. I'm not interested in that false way. I'm interested in the right way. God is making a covenant with who now? Israel and who? Now, where did they come from? They're not part of the Hebrew tribes, yes or no? Is that not the same people, the very same people that heard God speak on Mount Sinai? Is that not the same people that, that, that God gave the, his law to Moses? Is it a different people? Has his people changed? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? A new covenant with the house of Israel and who? A Judah. Look at this. Not according to the covenant I made with your fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they did what? They kept it with all, they kept it with everything they had in them? No, but they broke it. Is that right? Although I was a husband unto them, said the Lord. Look at this. But this shall be the covenant. Y'all ready for this? Yes. This shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord. Here's the covenant. Y'all ready for the covenant? Here's the covenant. This, you know, this should be something that you just, when, when we go here, go to the next one, y'all should just have a scripture written right next to it so you know where to refer back to. So that you don't get confused. Brothers and sisters, you are the Israel of God. Do y'all understand what kind of honor that is? You look around you and you look at places you come from and see how many people that God has chosen to keep his commandments. You are a few in number. Not many. Not many. Y'all understand this? Watch this now. Look at this. I will put my laws in their what? In other words, he's not going to sit and, and put them on a table of stone. Uh-oh. And then you look at him and go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. No, no. He's going to put them where? In you, he gonna look at it. I will put my law in your inward part. Look, he and I will what? And and will write it in their hearts. You know why? It has more effect when it's in you, more than just on pages, on parchment, and on stone. It has more effect when it's engraved and in your heart. When it's in your heart to do it, he put it in your heart. So, did he do away the old covenant? No. Same covenant. Yes. Same covenant. The only thing he knew about it, he moved it from the outward side to the inside. Yes, sir. Isn't that something? You see the reason why the covenant has no effect from people out there today? Oh, it's done away with, but they don't have that same covenant written on the tables of their heart. That's why it don't mean nothing. But to us who are born again, it means everything. the word of the true and living God and then look what he says and will be their God isn't that something he said I'm going to take this cup I'm going to write it in your heart and I am going to be your God and they shall be my people so who keep God's commandments his people keep his commandments you see the reason why people can't keep them today because they're not his people Sorry, folk. Listen to this. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, No, y'all. Come on, know the Lord. 
We don't have to go around here and tell them, you need no God. How many times do you hear that? How many times do you hear us say, man, y'all need no God? No, no, no. no y'all already know God. Amen. Big thing we get is you need to obey God. <laughs> Stubborn people. Hallelujah. Watch this. For they shall all know me. God going to discriminate, right? They shall all know me. From the least of them until the greatest of them, said the Lord. And I will forgive their iniquity. And I will remember their sin no more. Now, I'll tell you what. You can remember my sin all you want to. And you know how much weight that carries me? You know how much sleep I'm going to lose over it. That's just where I'm sorry, folks, but that's just where I'm at. I'm sorry, but you ain't God. That's why you don't never hear me try to bring up people past sin, whose sins are past. Forget that mess. Oh, I'm interested in today. I'm interested in right now. God said, I'm going to remember that sin, no. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? What condemns people and keep, what does Satan use to put on the back of people's neck to keep them down? Their sins, don't they? Because if they can keep remembrance of their sins in their conscience, which the Bible talks about too. He'll purge your conscience. Yeah, he will. He'll purge his conscience and put that mess out of your mind. But you're going to keep paying attention to Satan. He's going to use it to keep his foot on the back of your neck so that you can't rise above your own past sin. And see, Satan know that he's doing something even greater than what you can realize. Because if he know that you can call God a liar and say that your blood is not strong enough to forgive me of sin, then the very covenant with you were sanctified. And you by not believing God, when he said in his word that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Satan knows that he keep on condemning you, condemn you, because your heart condemn you. He's greater than your heart that condemn you. Isn't that right? He knows he can keep that in your memory and you keep believing his lie rather than God's truth. You'll be ineffective. And he knows that by you not, I mean by you not overcoming, that you'll count the blood of the covenant where God set you apart, washed you, cleansed you, and made you whole. He knows that you'll count it it's unholy. In other words, Jesus came and he died in vain. We sang the song, one drop of his precious blood is able, but then you don't believe it. Not to the saving of your mind, will, and emotions. And God can't lie. So see, you don't have to just not say certain things, just act certain ways. You'll show what you believe. And look at this. Hebrews 8. I'm going to start at verse 8. So, he's going to forgive your iniquity and remember your sins no more. Isn't that beautiful? You know the reason why? Because God wants you to understand the cleaning process. You understand? He wants you to understand what is clean. What does it mean to be clean? Now look at this. For finding fault with them, he said, behold, the days will, look, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a, somebody say that word. A new what? A new covenant. 
a new covenant. Now let's see if he's going to change his mind. With the a, with a house of what? Israel. Israel and the house of who? Judah. Isn't that something? It seems to be the, is this not the same word we just read? Yes, sir. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Now watch this. Look what he says. Not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and regarded them not, said the Lord, for this is the covenant. Here we go again. Does this sound like the same words? Yes. Well, this is the covenant that I will make. See, that's not another thing. People don't know that this, this, this thing called, they call the New Testament, the New Covenant. They don't understand that well over 75% of this book is confirmed at the Old Covenant. I believe it or not, a lot of people don't even know that. So when they hollering, we're not under that, we're not under that, you know what you're dealing with? You're dealing with personified ignorance. Well, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel and in those days, said the Lord. I will put what? My laws in their what? Mind. He going to put them where? In the mind. That means he got a lot of junk to remove out, don't he? And look at this. And I will write them in there. Don't this sound like the same thing we just heard the prophet Jeremiah talking about? In their hearts. Look at this. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a what? People. And they shall teach and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the what? Least of them to the what? Greatest of them. And for I will be merciful unto the unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities. I will remember how much? No more. And in that, he saith, a new covenant. He have made the first old now that which is decayeth and waxeth always ready to do what? Vanish away. Now what is he talking about? Doing away with the whole entire covenant? He took the same covenant and just wrote it on the tables of your heart. That's why you, you, you don't have to go up to a, a, a big old stone time and go, okay, this is God's covenant. This is what we're supposed to do. It's already been in your heart that you know what to do. That's why he gave you the Holy Ghost. Isn't that something? So don't tell me we need to walk around with, with, a, with a pen and piece of paper knowing what we're supposed to read and what we're supposed to do. It's in your heart. You know what you're supposed to do now. Especially when he has filled you with his spirit. Now you tell me that ain't beautiful. Is that not beautiful? Is that not, is that not good understanding? And why would someone who is the Israel of God not want to have his covenant written on their hearts? Oh, praise the Lord. Now, we're going to read again. Exodus 19. Y'all ready for this? I'm sorry, folk, but you know, we're a personal church. Personal assembly. Yeah, we get personally, we get involved in your lives. If you don't want us involved, believe me, I'll stick my nose out of you and believe it like you, man, you wouldn't believe it. We're supposed to be helpers one to another. Not hinders. Amen. Ain't nobody here trying to damn your soul and send you to a living burning hell but you. Everybody else too busy trying to help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Chapter 19. Verse 1. 
chapter 19, verse 1. And in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. Is that right? For they were departed from, what is that word? Rephidim. And they were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt say unto the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Y'all hearing this? Look at this now. You have seen what I've done to the Egyptians. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bear you up on eagles' wings, and I brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey, no, no, what's that big word in there? If you will, if you will, if you will, if you will obey. Is that right? If you will obey, if you will obey, if you will obey my voice, indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a what? A peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Now you think God didn't hear everything they said. Yeah, but see, he's doing things because there's an order of things. Is it right? And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come to thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. For Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So now he came in a thick cloud and he wanted the people to hear his voice. Isn't that something? When I'm talking to you, Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Is that right? And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up unto their mount, nor touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. Is that right? So God even set borders. In other words, I'm going to limit how far you're going to come close to me. Is that right? There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Isn't that something? Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long. When the what? So I see what happens, right? Huh? And they shall come up into the mount. So what happened was God is coming down on Mount, on mount Sinai. And all of a sudden, <laughs> real loud. Everybody like, what in the world? Long sounding, loud sounding trumpet. And all of a sudden, smoke, dark cloud, fire up on top of this mountain. Huh? Man, how in the world can you be that and then then go make a golden calf after that? You need to ask your own self the question, how can you know this and then go out and serve this world? Is it not a shame? 
And Moses went down from the mount of the people and sanctified the people and washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. No sex for three days. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of a trumpet exceedingly loud. Boy, can you imagine? Can you imagine? That will that'll make you bow your knees and get on them. So that all the people that was in the camp trembled. My knees had been knocking. They probably would have broke. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. It meant something. To do what? To meet with God. And they stood at neither part of the mountain. And the Mount Sinai was all together on smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. You know, even to this day, they said nothing will grow up on top of that mountain. It's still just as black as the day it was when God descended upon it. Isn't that something? And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. Isn't that something? Ain't no more determining who the man of God is and who the prophet is now, is it? <laughs> and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain, and Moses went, isn't that something? Now, Moses didn't have no limits on him. God said he talked to Moses face to face. The rest of us, you better stay at these borders. And let a man think that he just as close to God as Moses is all he want. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go down, charge the people lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze. And many of them perish. And let the priests also which come near unto the Lord sanctify themselves lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, the people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai. For thou chargest us, saying, set bounds about the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him away get thee down get on down Moses what I tell you and thou shalt come up thou and Aaron with thee but let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord lest he break forth upon them so Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them is that right now look at this and God spake all these words who did the speaking God did not Moses the one is from everlasting to everlasting the one who made the heaven and the earth the sea and all that is in them the one who made things that are seen and not seen you understand the one who hung the earth on nothing and made the stars Elohim the great I am the most high the eternal God God did God not Moses God did. And the people are hearing God speak. Because Moses is sitting right down in front of them. Saying, let's see what God has to say. Do we think it's important? 
What God has to say? I think it's important to hear what God has to say. Because you know what? He's talking to Israel. His people forever. What a tragedy it is we think because we're 2,000 removed that God doesn't change his mind. Are we not wicked and vile and corrupt? Somebody said, well, Pastor we, we we didn't have no choice. Yeah, we got a choice to be righteous and holy. We can't sit there and make excuses because of the vileness and corruption we was raised in. God's given us an opportunity to be the people of God. Chosen, sanctified, holy, clean, righteous. That's why I keep saying what a privilege, what an honor, what an opportunity it is to be called sons and daughters of the Most High. I bless the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Yes, I do. You think I'm going to squander this? No, let other men do it. I am not. Not me. I only got one opportunity at this, and I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I am the Lord thy God, which has bought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make a knee any graven image, any likeness, anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto the thousand of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth to see in all that in him is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us. And we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said unto people, fear not, for God has come to prove you. God has come to what? Prove, prove you. What makes you think he's changed his mind? As soon as he gives you the Holy Spirit, birth into the kingdom, the first thing he's doing is proving us. You got to understand, the kingdom is only for those who have been counted worthy. This little passive salvation these people got, just say the name of Jesus and I repent of my sin, and you just go on waltzing on in, somebody done lied. You're going to be proved every day of your life. Your love is going to be tested and tried. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. That his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And when the people stood afar, Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. Now remember, I preached that time about everybody in this earth now, everything dark, they try to condemn. You know, with darkness and cloud, yet God also always veiled himself in darkness, didn't he? That's because of what Satan tried to do. What he's trying to do is influence our mind. 
You ever notice that whenever you pray, the first thing you do is try to look for a dark place? I know if I'm praying, first thing I do is cut the light off. King. That's just your nature. Now, it's, now you're full of fear. You cut on every light in the house, raise up every blind. And you wouldn't believe what fear does. Fear make you act crazy. It's just stupid crazy. They gonna get me. They gonna get us. <laughs> what a mess. And fear, I'm telling you, it will, it will rule your life. Because you can't serve God in faith and serve fear. Both of them command and demand attention. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 14, verse 1 and 2. We've got a few more scriptures to read and we're done. We just read the covenant. We read a covenant. Is that not beautiful? Every time I hear it. Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2. Ye are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord. Who is a holy people unto Yahweh? Somebody say, I am. Then my God start acting like it. Without a holy people, the Lord our God and the Lord have chosen thee to be a what? A peculiar people. You know, you're supposed to be the type of people when people see you, they, they're, they're kind of like in wonder and amazement. You're supposed to be a people in this earth that when they see you, they look at you in wonder and amazement. Because to be peculiar, you can't look like they do, walk like they do, act like they do, and talk like they do. And not to be holy. To be holy, you got to do it God's way. Yeah, they should be looking at you like this. Who are them? Who are them? Hallelujah. The Lord have chosen. Somebody say the Lord chose me. Somebody say Yahweh Elohim have chosen me. Now do you understand that? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Now if you don't want to be chosen, then just stop serving right now. Just just stop. He just he'll put somebody else in your place. Somebody more grateful, more thankful, and will strive to be more holy than you ever thought of. I'm not letting nobody take my place. Uh -uh. I got my name written down, Lamb Book of Life, and I'm just as sure as the day is long. If he said I will blot your name out of my book, he got somebody else's name he'll put in there. And I ain't letting nobody get their name put over the top of my name. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, God ain't going to be blotting my name out. No, 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 no. Ain't nobody taking my place. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. My name wasn't never in there. Now it's in there. Uh-uh. 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 
Uh-uh. My name is in the book of life. You understand that, saint? Your name is in the book of life. Do you understand? Somebody said, well, how do you know your name written in the book of life? Because there was a time I couldn't say it. That's simple enough, isn't it? There was a time I couldn't say it. I couldn't even try to twist my lip to say it. But now I can say it with confidence. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. The Lord have chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself. Unto who? I'm sorry, folks. You're God's. You are God's. You can't be no peculiar people. You can't be no satellite or island off unto yourself all by yourself. Now, if you want to do that way, then just leave God. My advice, that's not, that's not good wisdom. Y'all understand that Joshua and Caleb was young? I mean really young. Really young. And boy, they was right there with Moses all the time. What we going to do, Moses? What we going to do, Moses? Well, we got some people rising up. Oh, we do. Yep, sure do. What do you want to do? I'll just go kill them. Okay. I'll read you. Go read it. I want you to purge Israel. Purge them from who? Watch this. See if we got this going on today. Listen to this. Listen to this. Well, I believe God is calling us to go and serve the God God way we want to. We're gonna start our own church. We're gonna go our own way. You ever heard anybody say that before? You ever heard that them words before? Mm-hmm. Now, it used to be in the time of Joshua and Caleb, they just go ahead and kill them. Uh-oh. Then we get the new covenant coming along. God took the sword out of their hand. And then they had a priest stand up and say, what you folk worrying about? If this thing is of God, you cannot overthrow it. And always let them go. But if it's not of God, it'll come to naught. They'll go the way of all men. Amen. And every work that has ever left the work, and the work of God is still continuing, they all come to naught. And yet and still, they say they're of God. How are we going to open up our eyes and see? Isn't that something? We're still serving Jesus. Still serving him. After all the mess and all the trials, all the tribulations, all the storms, amen. All the life, everything that life had to throw at us, I'm still standing. Still standing. Satan tried to knock us out, but we're still here. Try to get us to sin after the same similitude of us to fall away, but yet we're still here. Hallelujah. 
Ain't that beautiful? You understand it? We've got a life, a track record of overcoming. God saw the multitude of the overcomers. All of them were worshiping the Lord. Some of them were singing. Some of them were shouting. We all were worshiping the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory. Isn't that beautiful? Glory. And so no matter what's taking place, we're still praising the Lord. Still overcoming. Hallelujah. What do you think overcoming is? Overcoming sin. Overcoming iniquity. Overcoming adversity. Overcoming trials. Overcoming tribulations. And when it's all said and done, I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of glory that shall never fade away. Got a reward. Got a reward. That's overcoming. Now to overcome something, you got to go through something, don't you? Surely you didn't think you was going to become a saint of the most high and then just let life just pass right on by without any tribulation. Through much tribulation shall you enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? So if you never had anything to overcome, you never have a testimony. And he overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they love not their life unto the death. That's why Daniel said, oh yeah, you got lines there. Open it up. Open it up. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Ben goes, oh, you got a fire furnace? Heat it up. <laughs> Heat it up. Because <laughs> they wasn't trying to preserve their life. Hallelujah. They were too busy trying to enter into life. See, that's what Satan holds as sway over the world. Death. As bondage. Yeah, he does. It makes me no difference if I live another day or not. As long as I die in Jesus. I ain't got nothing else to live for anyway. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sink. Don't you got places to go and things to do? No. No. Don't you got things you want to see? I want to see Jesus. Because Jesus said when I see him, I'm going to inherit all things. Huh? You want got places to go and things you want to see in this old wicked earth. I want to see it when Jesus comes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that going to be beautiful? Yeah. 
If I want to take a notion, if I want to go and see the bottom of the sea, all I got to do is ping, I'm there. I think I'll check out Jupiter today. That planet they call Jupiter. Ping, I'm there. Look at him looking. I know y'all folks. Hey, let me tell y'all something. You know, there's things that we have yet to tap into that is really reality fate that we can do right now. Hmm? There was a man who joined himself to a chair. You understand what you're reading? You know what you're reading? No, I can't understand. Some man got me. Yeah. Then you open up to the book of Isaiah. Is that right? Yes, Start reading them. Yes, and then next thing you know, he was gone. Yes, Boop! Sure. Hey, where that man go? Man, he in another town. Amen. What's that telling you? Let me tell us. We got something to attain to. See, we're, we're, man, we're far diminished from what the saints had. Oh, why y'all think we're able to do some of the things we're able to do? Because God is restoring the pattern of the New Testament church. It makes no, he didn't have the whole world with him when the pattern of the New Testament church was there. You just read the book of Acts and see how many people was involved. That's the reason why. That's the reason why we keep growing. Keep having successes and keep going. Because God is restoring the pattern. Didn't he say he's going to do that before the great notable day of the Lord? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. So while we all just sitting here basking, grazing, gazing, in his glory, better, we better still be in pew warmers and pew setters. We better get out of our father's business and get active. Some of you people still sitting in here right now full of fear and still holding on to it like a dear old friend. Full of depression, still holding on to oh me in depression. Friend, my friend. Just as miserable. God didn't provide all this deliverance so you can stay that way. Still holding on to bitterness. You can see it in your face. Face all twisted and warped. Look like a copperhead. Praise the Lord. Oh, let that mess go. Jesus, come set you free. Just consume, consume with worry. You, you are a worshiper of worry, ain't you? It's madness. Look like a... Praise God. God said he the son set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. He made you peculiar people unto himself above all nations that are upon the earth. Above all nations upon on what? You know, God has made us better than a black nation, better than a white nation, better than a red nation, better than a yellow nation, better than better than a, uh, Germany, 
better than Britain, better than his fleshly Israel, better than the Muslim world, better than definitely better than Americans. He made us above all nations, upon the whole earth. And he said, I'm going to tell you how I know it. How you going to know, too? Don't eat nothing to bomb them. Don't eat nothing to bomb them. Isn't that something? God said that. Well, God done cleansed it. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And I suppose Satan told you it was God. You believe that, too, wouldn't you? Praise the Lord. Good checks and balances, isn't it? Amen. All right, First Peter two nine. We'll stop right here. We'll stop in First Peter. God is good, isn't He? Been running for Jesus for a long time, and I'm not tired yet. Isn't that right, most all? You ain't tired yet, are you? I ain't tired yet. Isn't that right, most all? I don't feel no ways tired. Isn't that right? Me and Granny, we're going to sing it for y'all one day. We're going to show y'all how to sing it. Me and Granny and Sister Carol and Lydia and put Chuck, put some bass. You ain't got no bass, do you, son? You got some bass. You got some bass, boy, boy. Huh? Yeah. You got to dig down. Dig down deep in them guts. <laughs> you ain't got no bass, boy. Lies, oh Lord. Maybe a little more age ain't the right lies. So you gonna hit the high note though, ain't you? Huh? I'm gonna hit the note, gonna bring them to their knees. Hallelujah. Isn't that right, son? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look at this. Well, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Y'all see what God has bestowed upon us? A holy nation. Now here's that word again. Of a what? Peculiar. A peculiar. People supposed to be, I'm telling you, you're supposed to be look, carrying yourself in such a way that people are going to look at you like, what in the world? What in the world? Who is that? Why them are servants of the most high God. Look at this. That ye should show forth the praise of him who hath bought you out of Darkness, shouldn't you be praising him who brought you out of darkness into his what marvelous life? Some of your life never have understood what it means to feel the touch of the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you get the opportunity to know that he's alive. Isn't that right? Shoot. Which in time past were not a people. That was me. That's me. I understand. I knew that y'all, y'all was people. I'm sorry, I'm Johnny come late. I wasn't a, I was not a people in time past. But look at this. But are now the people of God. Which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained what? Mercy. You know, that's the reason why we serve God. Because we, we've attained mercy. That's the reason why we serve him. Because we have attained mercy. And you think I'm going to miss out on this opportunity? Uh-uh. 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 Look. Look at this. 
dearly beloved, beloved, dearly beloved, dearly beloved, dearly beloved. Man, that's sweet talk, isn't it? Huh? So Carol said, boy, you need to learn that one because you failed that one, boy. I God of mercy, you done failed that one. Man. God teach him how to talk. Isn't that right, lady? I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from what? Fleshly lust. What does fleshly lust do? War against the soul. That's the reason why I warn y'all about so many things. I mostly warn about the things that war against your mind, your will, and your emotion. That keeps you from God. It don't take long. You get your mind made up, do it right. God said, well, no good thing I will hold them who, who have their mind stayed up on me. Look at this. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles is? Everybody outside this gate. They all admitted to ask them. They will tell you flat out they are. Ask, go out there and ask somebody, are you a Gentile? See what they say. One guy asked me, say, who are you? I said, I'm Israel. You Israel. I said, yeah, you're a Gentile, ain't you? You proud of your heritage, ain't you? Look at him looking at me. I mean, I'm sorry for him, I'm just Israel. Yes, I am too. Look at this. That whereas they speak against you as what? Evil do. Now, you, hey, you really got to be checking yourself if ain't nobody talking evil of you. Because when you divest yourself of being a friendship of this world, being a friend of this world, they're going to talk about you now. Not because you've done anything to them, just because you divorced this world. You divorced this world, boy, they're going to run you through the rinker. Sorry, folks. That's just part of it. Praise God for persecution. At least I know I'm righteous. That they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of what? Visitation. They better hope. They better hope. They have better hope. They better hope. See, that's, that is written with the intent that Somebody saw your example and they came to God. Thank God for the day I met them. Hmm? Any of y'all ever done that before? Boy, I thank God the day we met y'all. You never done that before? Man, thank God. Where would I be? Where would I be? See, this day without us. You understand? We in this thing together. We are in this thing together. Huh? Because guess what? If you wasn't living holy and righteous, somebody probably wouldn't be here today. Isn't that something? I'm saying, folks, if somebody, I'm telling you, somebody wouldn't even buy, probably be even considering right now a change in their life if you wasn't living for God, if you wasn't a holy nation of peculiar people. That's why your testimony means so much. That's why your honest conversation and lifestyle means so much. Because if it wasn't for somebody believing God, standing for him, living for him, hallelujah, being holy for him, where else will we look? Who else, who else be convicted by what we're doing? That's why Satan oppresses and try to fight us so much. Because he wants to destroy the testimony of Jesus Christ. He wants to say, ain't nobody on this earth living for Jesus. Ain't nobody separated. Ain't nobody doing. They all, we all just alike. No, we ain't either. 
That's what he wants. But he ain't getting it. Not from me, ain't. So, see, it's more, it's more about others than it is about you. That's the reason why you live a crucified life because it's not for you. It's, it's because somebody is watching you. Somebody paying attention to you. And somebody saying, you know what? I watched you over years. I've seen your dedication. I want to know your God. I, I want to know your God. Because you got something that everybody else ain't got. Now, they don't need to be running around seeing folk full of anxiety, full of fear, full of depression, full of bitterness. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know you got something going on. Recognize it. Cast it down. Get about your father's business. I mean, I got people out there that could be potential brothers and sisters. Potential brothers and sisters. But I won't know them until they get filled with his spirit and they start keeping his commandments. Potential don't mean that you are. When they get filled with his Holy Spirit, start keeping his commandments, start being holy, I know I got another brother sister. Isn't that beautiful? Ain't Jesus good? So let's don't quench the spirit and be holy. Now, some of y'all who got these demonic spirits, y'all holding on to you, y'all need to grab hold of somebody and get prayed for. Some of y'all ain't had a devil cast out of you in, in a month of, month of Sabbaths. Months of Sabbaths and loaded to the hill. Way up here. Can't even carry a good nature on because you're so influenced by the devil. Look at him looking. Says Carol and I literally got wore out last Sabbath. Then we says Carol. In the rights of Tiffany. Look at sister, look at look at the looking. Didn't we? How long did I preach last Sabbath? Long time. How long's a long time? Hours. How long how many hours? Don't know how many is hours. Isn't that something? You know that young man Brian don't got asthma no more. I even held his little breathing apparatus. And that, a breathing apparatus, what do they call them things? I keep coming up all <laughs> I started taking things, smash against the wall, but I didn't want him to throw a fit on me right then. Man said, boy said he had, also told me he said he used to have two asthma attacks a day. He just told me that. He said, man, I ain't, I ain't thought about that thing. Now at the same end. His mama still got high blood pressure. So what he did, he said, all right, let's start doing this. They start doing some test things. Then he said, okay, let's praise the Lord. So I praise the Lord and went down. You know, you know what's wrong with it? Because, see, y'all women are screwed up in the head. Y'all believe everything, every communication that comes in the mind that doesn't have strength of voice. That's the biggest downfall. Biggest downfall to you. You think, you think concern is worrying. And you can't change a lick of nothing. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. If it's in your head, you think worrying about it, thinking about it, keep dwelling on it. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. That's why, that's why you get so screwed up in the head. And you feel like if you don't do it, you feel like you don't care. 
That's a lie of the devil. Amen. Yeah, I, look at them sisters. Y'all quiet now, ain't you? Quiet now, ain't you? And as a matter of fact, if you don't worry, if you don't have a concern about something you can't control anyway, you feel like you're not doing anything. <laughs> Ain't I telling the truth? So much for trusting the Lord all our heart. Isn't it? And in all our ways, acknowledge it. Pass that. You didn't have to bring it like that. Well, the way I supposed to bring it. Huh? Y'all need to start believing reporting and getting after it. You need, you do. You need to start getting after the enemy, and then, of course, you know, getting after is thinking on everything he say to it. Bill, you always on us sisters, <laughs> brothers. Am I, I'm always on sisters. What I always tell us that we are. Nobody knows. No, no, thank you, brother. Dumb and stupid. And that's something they can remember that. But when we start talking about you, all of a sudden you just look. And I'm flat out telling the truth. Huh? Flat out telling the truth. Oh, Eve. Mother all living. Mother all worry. Mother all fear. Mother all anxiety. Look at them looking. They quiet too, boy. Trying to think of something else to do too, ain't you? Bible ain't going nowhere. Child ain't going nowhere. Avoiding, looking, running. Trying to help them out. Y'all sisters got to stop that behavior. Just stop it. You need, well, I can't stop it. Well, what else are you going to do then? Because if you don't stop it, it's going to stop you. <laughs> so now you got a mind, you got something you need to make up. Praise the Lord. They, I'm concerned about what? I'm fearful about what? We, we don't give you the opportunity to tell you what to do. Here you got answers on what to do. And to me, if you got answers on what to do and you ain't doing nothing about it, to me, that's what you want to do. That's who you're serving and that's your condition. And that's, to me, that's your God. You can't serve fear and faith. You can't. You cannot serve fear and faith. No, you can't either. You can't serve fear and faith. All I'm trying to do is teach y'all women how to quit driving men crazy. They're already crazy enough. I'm telling you, I tell y'all the flat out truth about men. They sorry, low down, lazy, apathetic, and don't want to take their head for nothing. Don't want to take no responsibility. Now, if I'm putting this resume out there for you men, what you supposed to do? The very opposite, then, isn't it? And I'm telling you, men don't care about the house the way women do. Men, they'll let the whole damn thing burn to the ground. And then sit up there and complain. Well, we just don't have nothing. The woman said, I wonder why. You sorry piece of trash, you. Telling you, am I hitting it right on? So don't tell me I'm biased, men towards women. I hate both natures. I love the nature of God. You give men a fishing pole, a golf club, a video game, anything you want to do, he can care less about the whole family. 
Whole family go to hell in handbasket. Isn't that right, tomorrow go? Yes, sir. See, somebody said, you picking on tomorrow. I ain't. If I just said anybody, like Tomoko sitting there looking, so I just thought I'd ask her. And then what happens when a man doesn't feel his obligation? Then it comes Job's wife. Of course, that ain't you, right? That's Job's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the man go, okay, I ain't taking this no more. I'm just going to resist even more so. Look at him looking at me. He ain't only saying that. You still running your mouth? He's just showing you what he's going to do by not doing nothing. And both of them submit to the devil. And the enemy just tearing that home up. Just tearing it up. Then it comes to silent treatment. Sitting out, living in the same place, and it's just as cold coming and going. Give no place to the. And we just got finished opening up the front door for him. Open the front door. Go hours without eating. Because you're too prideful to say something. Why? Because if you say something, then you'll lose strength. And that means that, that, that uh, you won't get the same respect no more. They'll count you as weak. Well, I'm all over it, ain't I? Huh? I'm all over it in the house, on top of the house, video camera surveillance, wiretaps. Huh? I'm all in the place, ain't I? What you should be saying is that man know all this stuff and he is flat out telling us. Just flat out telling us where there ain't no room for misunderstanding. We better be doing something to get ourselves right. And stop this foolishness. So why do you keep talking to saints of God like that? Because that's, that's part of the battle. These are things you got to overcome. Because if you don't overcome the things that are hindering you right now, you ain't going to have no testimony to overcome it. You don't believe right now? I can open up the line for testimony and watch and see how many actual testimonies you hear. A testimony is about what you overcome. Isn't that right? Is that right? And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of testimony. And you watch and see. You'll see the same old people in the testimony line giving God glory for something. And you'll see other people come up because they, I feel like I need to come up. I ain't got nothing to say. Just showing up. And then there's other people that ain't never got in the testimony line and say nothing. Know why? Ain't overcome. See, all coming and going. See, three or four different ways. Well, you don't never testify. I preach so much. <laughs> you mean tell me you don't never hear my testimony? My God of mercy. What are you listening to? What are you hearing? <laughs> my mercy me. Yeah, thank God we're personal. Hallelujah. Oh, we, we can do it. Here we can. Can too. Now, don't everybody come rushing for prayer either. Just because your heart condemns you. See, see, it's the thing. Dog and pony show it. It's just. And don't tell me you don't know what your trouble is. The heart knows its own bitterness. I, that, that. You know what your problem is. Yes, you yes. do. If you don't, come talk to me. I, you, you come, if you really want to know who you are. Amen. And you ain't going to wear your feelings on your sleeve. I'll tell you what. To preserve you, stay where you're at. 
because you ain't going to like what I got to say. Because if you come to ask, hopefully there's an opportunity, right? Who in here don't know, who don't know themselves? Who are deceived and you really just don't know? So you don't need to come ask me nothing then, is it? Oh, got him again. Got you again. Good. Good. So the heart do know its own yeah. business. Thank you very much. Amen. Praise Jesus for the truth. Y'all praying that the truth get watered down? I do them for them people out there that need the entrance gospel. Not for you folks that's like old shoes. You get the pure, uncut version. Thank Jesus for the Holy Ghost. Well, we thank God for his word of truth, that's for sure. Hallelujah. I came in, seen all y'all praising and stuff, seen a bunch of tears and stuff. Did you get the Holy Ghost? Did you receive the Holy Ghost? Did anybody confirm it? He didn't receive the Holy Ghost. Did he, did he speak with tongues? No, you just got excited. Did he speak with tongues? You heard him? You heard him. Who else? Dad Meggs. Who else? Who else? All I need is to confirm it. Dad Meggs. That's enough then. He said he got it. Then he got the Holy Ghost then. The rest of y'all, y'all just, ah! Ah! Yeah, yeah! Oh, never mind. So it's good. I asked him. He said, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. But then I look for the Bible. Witnesses. Witnesses. Don't need many. Just, just want two of them. Got two. Good enough. Now we're going to be able to. Now we're going to do like we do with everybody else. We're going to what? There you go. <laughs> we're going to watch. What do you mean what? You watching me, ain't you? Y'all don't watch me. Now I wasn't here. You know what I mean? All I can do is believe testimony. I'm going to watch because I'll be the first one. You got the Holy Ghost, huh? You got the Holy Ghost, then how come you ain't holy? Uh-oh. How come you ain't getting holy? How come the things that convict me don't convict you? Ooh, look at it. Ain't I a stinker? Praise God. And what you folk that don't have the Holy Ghost, what you waiting on? Some of you, I ain't never heard you bust out a word in tongues. Oh, boy. Praise God. I be looking for the men to confirm the words that weren't supposed to be around. Amen. I had some say, oh, we'll see, though, all right? We'll see. You got the Holy Ghost on you, brother, huh? Yes, sir. You got the Holy Ghost on Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, when you people, man, come on. People know they don't have the Holy Ghost. They do, too. They know it because you ask them, no, nah, I ain't got it. You remember that? No, nah, I ain't got it. You got the Holy Ghost. I got it. Amen. Ask me if I got the Holy Ghost. Anybody gonna ask me? None of your business. How about that? If you got you ain't got if you gotta ask me, you don't know then. 
been living here all this time. <laughs> well, you set us up. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Look at Scott over there. Old Anna back at and Lydia just. You love me, though, don't you? Yep, yep, got to. Father, we thank you for your words of truth. We pray on this and say and sing deep down the heart of my name of Jesus. Amen. Bless y'all. Y'all be the Sabbath. Caleb, Caleb, I